0: Then I look at you, and the world is all right with me. Just one look at you, and I know it's gonna be a lovely day. That song is inspired by my next client, who is not only an amazing person but has a great taste. Uh, for great music i hope you enjoy this episode the importance of exercise family and a good beer with my beautiful friend mr vincent kelly This is not just another fitness podcast. Why? I touch on subjects that not only have I experienced, but most likely you or a person you know has probably experienced it as well. I created the Me Movement on the Mic to provide you with relatable content and information on areas of movement, mindset and health. I'm on a mission to help you filter through life, to help you break free of the fitness stereotypes and embrace you while still enjoying a gelato or two. So join me, Sally, and let's get this episode started. Hi, Vincent. Welcome. How are you?
1: Oh, fine. Thank you, Sally.
0: Look, uh, it's a bit of a gloomy day outdoors, I can see, um, near me. What about you?
1: I'm gloomy here. I uh, had my soup in the garage, but um, that was all right. I was supposed to be outside, but had it in the garage. So, um, yeah, okay. So far, so good.
0: Hey, I had a soup today.
1: Excellent. Minestrone at this end.
0: Beautiful. I had. I love my Asian flavors, so uh, I have this thing where I get like a miso paste and then broth and I just add whatever I want in it, and then I'm like, oh, this is delicious.
1: So, excellent. Well, today's excellent. all about me, Sally. So less about you, please. Oh, I'm going to stop me. talking
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for joining me today. I think it's nearly my twentieth episode. I think I have to go back and check. So thank you so much for coming along. You know, like um, I just wanted to ask, like, how are you doing now? This moment, right here, right now. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good, good, good. Everything uh, is going uh, well. And, you uh, a couple of minor inconveniences, but um, in the scheme of uh, things, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So everyone listening, we are currently in a lockdown here in Sydney. I feel like every podcast I'm introducing everyone I say that. It's been a bit hectic. I've had a few um, free time slots. So I thought why not sit there and have a conversation with, if anyone doesn't know, Vincent has been, um, you know, Working out with me virtually for nearly a year now.
1: Uh virtually for a year and um, uh, whatever whatever the other side of virtually is, uh, virtually virtually, non virtually uh, for for three years now.
0: Wow! And
1: yeah.
0: how are you feeling with that? Like just saying that.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pleased that um, to have had the chance to do that to get into it. Um, because um, I'd only ever had something like that, you know. Now it would be nearly twenty years ago, and uh, um, that was a weekly thing. But it was a good, it was it was a good thing, and I stepped it up when I had a bit more free time. And um, but then um, uh, the the guy that I was working with, um, uh, his wife got uh, posted um, out into. Um, Regional area, and they have to, to leave town and uh, um, and set up there. So uh, I lost Andrew, um, and um, it took, and that was crikey, probably like two thousand and four. And it took me until two thousand and nineteen to, um, to to get back um, get back into this. So uh, so actually, I said it's three years. No, it's two years. It's two years because we started in nineteen, which was a year after my hip replacement. I had that in eighteen. And it's two years um, that um, we've been uh, we've been working together.
0: So, 2019, you said you started back after you said you, were, you used to walk with. Is it Andrew?
1: I used to work with Andrew, work yep. out with Andrew. Yeah, in yeah. two thousand four. So, um, so, yeah,
0: 2019. I want to ask you, why did you wait?
1: Um. A couple of reasons, I guess, probably the biggest was actually the opportunity to be able to do it. Um, so, um, you know, they just, I and then, you know, both from my side and also from um, uh, from the other side, but I, I guess I never really took too much initiative, I took no initiative at all in trying to find uh, anybody to work with. Um And, uh, you know, I was doing plenty of other stuff, playing tennis, um, walking every day, you know, sort of getting the 15,000 steps up, cycling and playing tennis, um, you know, once or maybe twice at uh, at the weekend, certainly every weekend. But then um, in um, 2018, I I had a uh, uh, a fracture of um, my upper thigh bone, um, whatever that's called. Um, and that uh, resulted in having to have a, um, a hip replacement but it's really a top of the leg replacement and then they have to replace the um uh, the socket as well so um that uh, stopped me playing tennis and um uh, eventually i got back to doing all the other stuff that, I, that that i was doing but i wanted to get back into snowboarding um and so i'd had the operation in may 18. I then started working with you in, I think, March 19, with the objective in July 19 of getting back on on the snowboard, um, which mentally was quite a, a big thing, um, because there's always a risk of um, dislocation, um, and um, I wanted to you know rebuild my strength, um, so to reduce that risk and uh, and as much as I needed to get my head right and. Um, I was successfully able to do that um, you know. after us working together only for about four months or so, I think by that time. Um, and uh, we, we powered on. And um, uh, as we say these days, we pivoted um, to the, the virtual workout. So um, uh, our garage here um, and your living room, I guess, or wherever yeah. you happen to be. Um, and um, that's proved to be very successful and, and, and actually extremely efficient because um, I don't have to get myself to the gym and then do the gym and then come back from the gym, um, and, um, you know, there's really no excuse because we've got uh, total mobility, um, and as you know, we've done some different uh, uh, different locations um, uh, my favourite, which was probably the um, uh, the gym at Threadbow. So um, combining, uh, you know, all my uh, favourite sporting uh, activities. So, sorry, long answer to your question. So I think you said to me, how do I feel about all that? Um, pretty good.
0: And I love how you took me to that, that story because you kind of forget, like, you know, if um, all the listeners that are listening, Vincent, He's very humble. He's super successful. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's got beautiful family. He's got all these things. It's amazing. I love watching. I love hearing the story and watching you grow. And then, you know, we met, and you're you're saying to me that like you your you've got all this in line. And then 2019 happened. Um, into uh, sorry, 2018 happened in terms of your surgery. How did you feel? You know, like having that surgery and knowing that you, you know that mental space where you know, you could injure yourself again. How did that feel? Um, it's almost like you, you lost you, – I don't know if you lost control. You well, lose
1: I did, control I, because – not so much a lost control. I mean, I, I, mm. you know, you could say that you had a re, I had a reduction in my confidence so I became um, even more uh, cautious about things because I had, a, 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 you know, a concern about falling over because yeah, – and uh the surgeon who who did the operation his big thing was get back on your feet as quickly as possible so I had the operation um that night I was on my feet on a walker um the next day I was doing stair work and as soon as I could walk up and down the stairs they 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 sent me they, they got me out of the hospital and sent me home and uh um I was, you know, walking with with the aid of crutches um, and uh, doing that that rehabilitation. So he was always very keen on, you know, get back to doing um, everything that you did before, but you know, gradually get yourself back into it. He said the, but the one thing is, don't run. Um, and, and I think that's as much about fear of you tripping over and then dislocating than anything else. Then over the years, uh, everything gets gets stronger um, and. Um, so yeah i had that um post-surgery caution um and and i would have had so i had the, that in the surgery in may 18 and we started together i think in march 19 so uh, and you'll recall right at the beginning i was very cautious about you know sitting down getting up um all of those things and of course that was you know reducing my range of movement and um with your uh, skillful, uh, as our Gracie would say, expert mm. um, support, um, you were able to uh, lead me through, um, you know, getting back to uh, being confident about full range of movement and actually being able to have a full range of uh, of, of movement and actually actually much better uh, than I had uh, before the, the hip went on Christmas Eve. Oh no, Christmas Day actually, um, two thousand and seventeen. Um, and so uh, you know, I'm probably if I compare my fit, you know fitness um, range of movement, definitely um, compared to pre um, the, uh, the the injury, the hip going, etc. Uh, it would be much better today than it was then.
0: How is your confidence with your hip? At the moment,
1: uh, I have um, it would be untrue to say I have 100% confidence and uh, I do not consider it, but I have 100% confidence when I'm in control, you know, of everything, of everything. um, and uh, you know, because I know there is a, a risk, um, and that risk diminishes all the time, but I'm you know, conscious of it being there, so uh but uh, it doesn't stop me doing anything that, uh, that I want to do from snowboarding to snowshoeing, to cycling. Um, the only thing I haven't done is, is gone back and played tennis and uh, that, that's really more of a case now, just getting organised and getting a couple of rackets and out the cupboard and getting down there. So um, that will be a good objective for uh, the summer.
0: Amazing. And so it sounds like movement is important to you
1: um yes um <laughs> what's what is important to me in an exercise world um because is you know am i taking exercise as a means to an end or is the exercise in itself a great thing so i like exercising you know i like any form of sport or exercise or any any anything in that in that space and uh, know i know that um it has a a good benefit and uh you know my other uh, interest in, in, in the health front is i'm a type one diabetic juvenile diabetic and uh um now whilst type one is you know not associated with lack of exercise um or poor diet if you if you have a good diet and if you take exercise then it helps you cope with uh What you have to put up with by being a type one diabetic uh, and reduces down some of the long term uh, side effects that uh, that you uh, that will occur um, as a result of uh, being a type one diabetic. So um, you know it's sort of you know it's exercise me is good on the way in, on the way through, and on the way out, and um, it uh, uh, is very important to me uh, if I it's particularly important to me if I don't have it um, when, when I've got it, when I'm, when I have it, when I'm doing it, et cetera, et cetera, it sort of tops me up and, and, uh, and keeps me feeling good.
0: So you, you, you said to me that you, you enjoyed tennis, the walking, the golf, the snowboarding. When was it the first time, like take me back that you thought, wow, this is amazing. I love playing this. I love doing this. Take me back to your earliest memory. Of, you... of, of
1: of um of a sport
0: yeah of movement mean. anything
1: well i was um how
0: old are so, you what were you drinking yeah, at the time
1: yeah 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 no, so um you know I, i'm not a natural athlete um so i have no um sporting ability at all but i like you know i, I enjoy doing it so at school um I didn't like running I didn't like athletics um didn't like cross country running um h- hopeless at uh, gym work no upper body strength um and uh uh but I loved playing football I, I loved playing football and um so And that's uh, soccer
0: right soccer <laughs> <It's> Aussie terms
1: <laughs> soccer uh <laughs> soccer and um and I probably really got into that when I went to high school. And um, you know, we would play every break. We, we would play. We would play after school. We would play um, Saturday mornings. We would play, um, and um, that that sort of was my sport. Really, only sport, pretty much. Um, through to then getting into squash um in my um early 20 very early 20s and I I got very very heavily into into squash um through my 20s and 30s and um I also got into sailing um a bit of cycling but nothing serious about that and then when um In my uh, mid 40s, we moved to Hong Kong and I really, really got into tennis. I'd always liked tennis, but never taken it seriously, and played a lot of tennis there. And really, my, you know, took a coach and took it seriously and and had fantastic fun. So, uh, great um, social, competitive tennis. And uh, I played, maybe played tennis three times a week, played squash. Came to Australia. And uh, squash had sort of died off, but kept the tennis going. And uh, and Australia was uh, was good for tennis, and really um, enjoyed that through my fifties um, and into my uh, early sixties. And well, in that until I was sixty-two when the um, when the hip went, and um, I just haven't got back round to, to to playing that. But um, whilst uh, Australia wasn't good for squash. It was great, surprisingly, for the snow and we got into going to the snow and I got into snowboarding um, and uh, Rachel uh, into skiing and uh, we've carried on doing that for the last uh, nearly 20 years now. So, uh,
0: Amazing. And it sounds like the theme throughout all of this uh, is like fun and enjoyment.
1: Indeed, indeed, and um, indeed, indeed. Um it, it's, it's certainly not about playing to win competitions. Not that I would uh I don't want to do that, but just I'm not good enough to do it. But um and I've been lucky um because my the body's held up. I mean, maybe because I wasn't very good, the body didn't get overstretched uh, when I was a little kid, and uh I don't know, who knows, but uh you know, been able to um um carry it on, you know, through my twenties, thirties for Forties, fifties, now um, you know, well in well over halfway through the sixties. So, um, uh, and and the hip um, really only took me out of the game for about six months because I no six seven months, but that was primarily because I postponed the operation because we, we we're um, our first granddaughter was uh, on her way, and oh,
0: um, you had to get ready for that one, didn't you?
1: N- no, 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 I didn't want to lumber. Um, her grandmother my wife with two babies me post-op uh-huh. and and the baby baby so um gracie came along on the 22nd of um february then i think i had the operation on the the 23rd of may um and then i was actually snowshoe walking um in the august so even mm. without your help sally mm. um mm-hmm. but that was snowshoeing it wasn't snowboarding and that, that came uh, the year after which has which is great.
0: I feel like I'm hearing the evolution of Vincent's fitness and exercise throughout the times because so it's such it's, it's a big change from going from, you know, tennis to snowboarding.
1: Yeah. Don't you think that's the, amazing? Uh, yes. Um, I can't snowboard. The, the, I'm just a bit jealous. Uh, not yet, but um, uh, the big change for me was when I was – Probably 30, uh, 35, mid 30s. Um, I was fortunate enough that the, the company used to provide us with a um, annual medical checkup where you go off for half a day and they'd give you a series of stress tests and different da, 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 da tests and all the rest of it. And then they'd sit you down with the GP at the end and the GP would you know, review the test the results and then sort of generally question you. And the GP asked me, um right, um how many lots of exercise do you uh do you do a week? And I said, Oh four, maybe five. And um the GP said, Okay, talk me through last week. And I said, Well, I squash training on Saturday, played squash Sunday, five side soccer on Tuesday. He said, Well, that's I make that three. So mm-hmm. um, one, two, three, two more to get to your five. I said, Oh, And he said, is that typical? I said, yes. He said, okay, keep doing those. That's great. Fantastic. Um, You know, try and do one or two, three sweaties a week if you can. But then I want you to do something every day. And he said, all it is, I want you to get up uh, 45 minutes earlier than you normally do. I want you to go out and walk for half an hour, 10 minutes, 10 minutes of your time hanging out and 10 minutes warm down. And that's it, and I want you to do it every day. And was that um, the
0: pivot point? Was that a point that that
1: that was when I really took control of um, my exercise, as opposed to it like, oh, there's a few things going on, I'm I'm getting on those, but I didn't have an overall program for every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the beginning, I found it really because I wasn't, you know, I'd done some running, um, which I wish I'd, you know, why I wish I'd kept. Going in my early 20s. Um, and, um, you know, I was, I was actually able to run, you know, for the first time in my life uh, as far as I wanted, you know, and, and keep going. And I've never, ever reached that point before. Um, but anyway, that fell away, um, in, you know, after a year or so, which was anyway. Um, but this, so this thing in, in my mid 30s, um, I really, really found it difficult to get myself out and I in fact I used to listen to the radio and um and uh and but then after a while I actually stopped listening to the radio because I used it as thinking time and I used to clear my head for the day and, and and in fact I came back um you know mentally much stronger each morning um I quite quickly lost a, a few kilos just because I was moving I wasn't running it was just you know walk walk fast and then just walk um, and I've kept that going ever since. Um, I love that. And I love, um, I love that, this movement. That that was the um, the real um, pivot point. And I had to do it in the morning because I couldn't do it later in the day. I'm not a lunchtime exercise person. Um, and later in the day, you know, other things happen. But I knew that in by getting up 45 minutes earlier, I was completely in control of that. No one could hijack that time. No one could take it away. I could. I could do it. So even if I had to leave at five o'clock in you know in the morning, okay. What time do you get up for that? Right. We well, get up at four thirty. Okay. In that case, get up at quarter to four and go and do it. And then I got a um, about uh, ten years later, I got a, a maybe not even ten piece of advice from a a boss who who. who Is a triathlete now well into his late sixties, but his piece of advice was: if you can't do it, do a mini one. So it sounded crazy, but get up, put your gear on, and take it back off again. But never break, never break the cycle of getting You know, so even if you can't go out the door, you know, just walk around for five minutes at home. But get your gear on and do it. It's it's, it's call it doing it a mini one, but it just kept that. Because once you let it fall away, oh, I didn't do it today, I don't do it tomorrow, I didn't do it yesterday, well, it doesn't matter if I don't do it for another day, and it's a bit like my running, Um, you know, when I was 21 and it fell away by the time I was 22, you just lose it, and it's really incredibly hard to get it back. Um, so, so,
0: what would you say to someone who is currently in a situation where they've gone to the doctor, got some results, they've been thinking about training, they've been thinking about doing some kind of movements? What, what would, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, I, the advice I would give them is, is sorry, I was, I was thinking about a funny, cheeky answer to your question, which was going to be along the lines of talk to anyone but Sally, but um, <laughs> and I wasn't really thinking about what advice would I give them. Um, do something every day. Start, and I think only ever do something that is achievable for you. Um, And, um, you know, if that is, um, you know, as, as my thing was, I mean, and that was kind of the genius in it. It was like, well, how did you get to this appointment? Well, I walked down to the station and got on a train. He says, okay, well, what I want you to do is, you know, how, and how long did that take? Well, about 15 minutes? Okay, what I want you to do every day is get up, walk to the stage, because you're going to walk the middle of 10 minutes a bit, you know, you're going to go a bit further, um, and then, you know, come back, that's all you've got to do. And, of course, it was completely, completely achievable. The weather. Well, can you afford to buy yourself a coat? Uh, yes, I can. Yeah, we'll put it on, you know. So that's not an excuse either. And... Um, so unless is some extreme hailstorm or something, um, but, but do something every day. Do something that um, start out certainly doing something that's achievable. Um, do something every day. Do something every day. Do something that's achievable and make it in a time slot that you are completely in control of. And most likely that is when you get up. Mm, that's
0: some wise advice there wise advice. So let, let's talk about um, going through your tennis, walking, golf, snowboarding. How did that strength training come into play? And like, I mean, I, I, I speak to a lot of um, older adults, you know, I speak to my mom's friends and they just kind of laugh at me when I say, you know, why don't you strength train? And they they almost have this fear. I'm going to get hurt. Did you ever have that fear or how do you feel? No,
1: no, I didn't. um, I didn't have a fear. And I've always had this thing about, you know, because, you know, being a soccer player, if if you like, and um, uh, snowboarding, um, snowshoeing, um, it it, it tends to be a lot of, you know, lower body strength, not so much upper body strength. Tennis was a, a bit different, but not. as as much difference as you think it might be and you can see you know some of the tennis players who hit the ball they don't look like they have you know huge upper body strength but they 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 clearly do for their their size etc but um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't fear it was it's almost it's kind of like um, remember you know you have these things like oh you know, we used to uh, we used to do this every week, didn't we? And we sort of got out of the, the habit of doing it. Why don't we start doing this this thing again, whatever it is? It's it's kind of like if you're not in the habit of doing it, you're not in the habit of doing it, and you have to almost like force your way in. It's kind of mm. like forcing your way into a club where um, somebody hasn't pulled you in the door. You've got to, you know, I'm mm. oh, not sure whether I'll be welcome in here. I'm not sure if it's for me. Is this the right place? Will I en- enjoy it? And you have to... Have a good enough reason to um, to go in, or on the other side, a bit like my walking thing. No reasons not to do it, other than you got to get up forty five minutes earlier, and um, then you have to deal with that.
0: And how how does it feel to to perform the strength training? And have you got any benefits from it? Just say in comparison, just to walking. Have Uh, you noticed?
1: Well my body shape is not quite so embarrassing as it used to be when I took my top off, you know, um, I'm much more comfortable, uh, you know, in, in, in a pair of uh, bathers, swimming trunks, whatever you call them, boardies, um, without my top on than, than I would have been. So, uh, we were lucky enough to go to Lord Howe Island, um, earlier, uh, uh, in the year. And, um, you know, I felt, I felt, um m- proud maybe not quite the right word but I, you know I wasn't didn't feel embarrassed about taking the top off when we went into the into the ocean yeah um and uh I like the fact that um I've now got a, a whole bunch of uh, trousers that really I, I you know I need a size smaller and um so that makes me feel good
0: Amazing, and that's the, one of the biggest drivers. Is um, yeah, you want to get fit, but when you look in the mirror, yeah, you can see fitness, but you see how you look. And when you feel good, when you think you look good and you feel good, that's usually a good thing, right? That's a lot of good in one sentence.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether I, anyone would say I look good, but I certainly look better. <laughs> I, Why certainly not? Look, I, I certainly look. I certainly look better. Not? Well, that's the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but um. I yeah, and um, so uh, and that's that's not only been about the the, the training and the fitness because I've had the benefit um, of, um, of over the last year because the changes we've all had to make in our lifestyle of actually eating more healthily because um, I tend to eat less healthily when I go out to eat like most people you know the oh, bread, are you the, human oh. the bread the bread roll. The chips, the dessert, you know, the yeah. uh, the ice cream and the cream, yeah. which yeah. Um, probably wouldn't do at home. So um, that has has been a um, uh, been a benefit to me because you know I, I like all those things, and um, uh, so like that's combined with uh, the regular um, three times a week uh, sessions, and um, yeah,
0: it sounds like. The fitness and the strength training, the three days a week, is spilling over to your everyday life.
1: Um, it, well, it's an important. It's a very, very important part of my life, and uh, yeah. um, I've always found that if I didn't get the exercise that I wanted to get, I don't, you know, I don't feel as good as I would have done had I had it. So it's. Uh, whether that's the endorphins or whatever it is that goes on in your brain. And um, so, yeah, it's good. It's
0: Has good. the ongoing movement affected, like, family family interactions or what you would do in a day, do you uh, think? No,
1: no, no. I mean, it's Activity not, not- levels,
0: cooking levels, choices? <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
1: <laughs> you know. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think so. I, I, I'm, I think it's, you know, I'm 66 now. So, you know, aging, um, is a, you know, big factor in life. And, uh, has it, um, postponed some aging events or features? Uh, I don't know. Cause, uh, you know, it's like you, you only have one life. So, um, you, you lead that life the way that you lead it and so I don't know what I would be like if I hadn't have done these um, these exercise related things I'd have to believe that I wouldn't be in such good a shape as I am um, and I can see in some of my my friends that um, uh, some of them are I mean it's always the case because other people seem to have aged much more than you have until you have a good look in the mirror then you I love that. <laughs> But um, it does seem to me that some of them are now starting to to age quite quickly, Um, and um, I can only believe that's because they're not taking such good care of themselves as they they might do.
0: Well, Um, I'll tell you what, I I can't see another 66-year-old, I haven't seen any, that does such a great kettlebell swing. I don't think they know what a kettlebell (laughs) swing is. So I can already see the changes. I can see the changes in the way you move when you go down to pick something up from the first time you picked something up when I said, hey, pick my pen up the first session. And you looked at me and you were like, get your own pen.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted
0: to see your movements. Big, big change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I know that. And uh, so it's it's, um, something I um, will carry on doing until I can't do it.
0: Mm, That's amazing. So let's let's ask the big question because I know we had a conversation about it today and another the other day. What is your what's what's going on with the beard at the
1: moment? Beard B B B W R as yes. opposed to beard. Yes, not um, beard. Not shaved. Uh, well, for, for those uh, for those who um, use alcohol. Um, my concern is that, and for those who uh, drink beer and like beer, my concern is that there are charlatans, we would call them, or quacks, you might call them, in the medical field who are coming in and calling themselves craft and mm-hmm. suggesting that um, because they're making small quantities, relatively small quantities, um and calling it craft beer uh that it is something which is good um and in my opinion the vast majority of them are not because they don't have sufficient skill to produce um a good beer um Mm. and uh It's for me unfortunate because I think they're actually going to end up giving beer a very bad name um, because of the poor quality of their product. Now, some of it is uh, the recipe that they choose and the particular taste profile they're offering. It's fruity, it's cloudy, and and those are styles that I do not like. However, Mm -hmm. you know, fruit beers, Belgium has a fabulous tradition of, of fruit beers with cherries and strawberries and things in it and they are a interesting delicious and very well crafted um beer um most of the stuff that um I've uh, not enjoyed around Surrey Hills or Redfern um Newtown um is something that um is produced by people who don't actually have much skill mm-hmm. um in uh, in brewing beer and that's just like um, getting something from a bakery um, where the, the, the people don't know what they're doing. In fact, in, in baking, you wouldn't because it's, it, it's a craft, it's a trade, and the people producing it have actually served their apprenticeships and, uh, and learnt their craft. And um, actually, I can't think of an example of a, of a, of a, of a bad um, small baker um, because they are true craftspeople. Um, these people who say that they are selling craft beer—the um, only thing crafty about it—is the craftiness of themselves in passing off this very, largely, not completely, but largely, very poor quality product. And, ouch! Um, so, um, ouch! I can tell I,
0: Vincent's been burnt by the craft beer. Beware! By
1: too many of them, not too all of them, many. but but too Ooh. many of them.
0: Let's talk about some positive beers. Tell me you're the strongest one you've ever had. Please describe it to me. And they're the best tasting one.
1: Um, The strongest is um, Carlsberg Special Brew, which is 9% alcohol by volume, and which has got a great story. So um, after the Second World War, when Winston Churchill visited Denmark, um the um people who ran the carlsberg brewery which is the big brewery in um in Denmark said mr churchill is coming we want to thank um him and uh, and great britain the united kingdom the commonwealth the empire as it was in, in, in those days also um for standing by us um and you know helping to rid us of, um, the, the people that had taken over our country. So can you please brew Mr. Churchill, a special brew? And they produced this 9%, um, so twice the normal strength, um, beer Carlsberg special brew for Winston Churchill. Then they used to, he apparently enjoyed it. And they used to produce it for him and send cases over down to Downing street. And then it became, uh, released onto the market um etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's the the strongest beer I think nine percent wow. yes so it's, in fact it's it, another term for it is barley wine because it's getting towards wine strength and therefore should be drunk like a wine not a beer um and um because because of its strength So, yeah what was your other beer question Sally? Ta-
0: I'm, actually I want to give you my strongest I'm gonna set the scene ne- Netherlands yeah Amsterdam. Amsterdam, yes. first time there. Going to a beautiful pub, sitting down, one Duvel. Is it Duvel?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Oh my goodness! Which I think might be from Belgium, but I'm um, I'll, I'll to be no, I'm stand to be corrected, but um, it might be from but which is only course next door. But uh, yeah. it's a
0: sneaky bottle because it's small and yes. it's got a cute top, and you're like, oh, sipping it with some nachos, and that's a strong beer for me. Nice. So, what's the best tasting beer? Best tasting, crisp. Oh. come on.
1: Um, I think um, the thing about um, you know, it's a bit like saying which of my two granddaughters do I love the most? You oh. know, it's a, you can't ask that question. <laughs> um, so it's re- it's really about um, uh, the occasion, um, and um, so what's the best beer that I've the best beer the occasion? Best beer, best
0: occasion. So,
1: uh, this. Is, uh, I'll pass and it will take too long for me to, to go through all the fantastic um, uh, beers that I've had in, in beer oh, occasions that I've had right. um, uh, around the world. And um, well,
0: well, it looks like but, I have um, another episode with you then. Talk about the, pure we do,
1: beer. We can do the beer episode. The um, beer episode. Yeah.
0: But on that note, are you saying you can drink beer and still be fit and exercise?
1: Uh, I think so, yes.
0: <laughs> That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for jumping on board, taking me through your different types of movement, your history, why you started, a little bit about the family, and and definitely about the bee. We have to do a second episode. I have to go and do some research on the different types of bees now. You got me thinking. I've never had this Car- Carlsberg, Charlesburg, what's it called? Sorry.
1: Karl'sberg. Carl, Karlberg.
0: Yeah. yeah, I might have a look. Yeah. Go to Mr. Dan Murphy's yeah. and have a try. Mm. Well, thanks for jumping on, Vincent.
1: Uh, my pleasure, Sally. We'll talk soon.
0: Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it will be greatly appreciated if you have a spare 60 seconds to put a review on this podcast. It would mean so much, especially to a small business. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon. Bye.